0: Welcome to This is Growing Old, the podcast all about the common human experience of aging. My name is Matt Thompson, and I'll be your host. This episode is all about the power of community. As we observe pride, a time when LGBTQ plus folks celebrate their enduring fight for liberation, we must recognize the communities that strengthen this movement. Zami Nobla is one of those groups. Founded by Marianne Adams, a Metro Atlanta community activist, social worker, and public health researcher, Zami Nobla aims to increase opportunities for networking and social support and to explore the healthcare needs and coping strategies of Black lesbian older adults. Today, we're joined by the founder herself to discuss Zami Nobla's incredible work. Marianne, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm always happy to talk about elders of any stripe. So
0: thank you so much, Matt. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. So let's jump right in. Pride began with a bang. On this day, June 28, 1969, the Stonewall Uprising took place in Greenwich, New York, catalyzing a global gay rights movement. As an advocate for older Black women in the LGBTQIA community and someone who has witnessed this movement evolve, why is it so important to amplify the lived experiences of Black queer elders?
1: You know, by amplifying the voices of Black LGBTQIA elders, we not only honor their contributions to the movement, But we also enrich our collective understanding of LGBTQIA history and the ongoing fight for justice and equality. To paraphrase a famous writer, Alice Walker, uh, she said to amplify the voices and lived experiences of ancestors and elders. You know, we amplify them because it's an easy thing to forget that we are not the first to suffer, rebel, fight love and die. Um, And I also think that there is a generational perspective that we need to bring in here. Uh, In June of 1969, I was a 14-year-old Black girl child growing up in North Mississippi um, and searching for my identity, uh, searching for some kind of representation. Had I been able to find and read a story Uh, from a Black LGBTQ elder like Marsha P. Johnson and Stormy, who were instrumental in Stonewall, that would have been so affirming and empowering for me. Um, And so it's important to, to hear these stories. Um, to, because they provide these invaluable insights, I think, into resistance and struggle. Um, And you can't see, you can't be what you cannot see. Um, And, you know, I think also, Matt, I wanna uplift the fact that oftentimes uh, elders of color, or those who are black or Latinx or Asian or native, are often erased, Uh, they've forgotten uh, in terms of the important contributions that they made to the movement. Uh, Many of us believe that the LGBTQ movement started with ACT UP and the HIV-AIDS movement. And we certainly know that that's far from the truth. Uh, And that's why I have so much respect for historians and archivists and just storytellers, because they reclaim those stories and they give us the rich history and they continue to make sure that these folks are represented and that they are not forgotten in in history and history.
0: Absolutely. I immediately think about how uh, Marsha P. Johnson was the first to throw the punch in uh, the Stonewall uprising. So it's critical that we keep voices like Marsha's alive. And so, Zami Nobla was founded in part to increase opportunities for networking and social support and to address the healthcare needs and coping strategies of Black lesbians. Can you tell us more about the role that community plays in the Black lesbian aging experience?
1: Um, As the only organization in the country expressively building power for Black lesbian elders, Uh, community is extremely significant um, because we know that aging as a natural process involves many challenges, such as you know, changes in social roles, uh, possible loss of independence, and for some people there may be health issues. And so these challenges can be particularly difficult for Black lesbians due to the intersection of ageism and sexism and homophobia. And so community can play several roles in navigating these complexities. One is social support. Uh, we have quite a few LGBTQ elders who are estranged from family, who live alone, who are, quite frankly, met poor. They're not working class. Uh, we have many elders. And there's a lot of, of, of shame and stigma around the fact that they have that economic insufficiency. Um, and so these are very common issues and they can really be magnified by the oppression and the discrimination uh, and the lack of understanding from a larger society. Um, So a strong community can really help to to alleviate these feelings by providing a sense of belonging and acceptance. Um, And then you have the healthcare advocacy and navigation. Uh, We have uh, luckily a a group of, of young and older community members who are very eager to help those who are in need to navigate these processes. We have quite a few folk who are reticent to seek out healthcare because of the experiences that they've had due to their race and their age and their sexual orientation. Um, and so making them feel welcome, you know, having people to go with them to navigate and advocate for them, I think is extremely important uh, in terms of community. And then we also have the cultural competency, or as I like to say, cultural humility, to be able to be in a space uh, where you don't have to explain your language or your expression, uh, and you can freely express yourself and your identities. Uh, you know, that, that cultural competency involves understanding and addressing these unique experiences. And needs of black lesbians. And so it really makes the aging process less alienating and, and more enriching, I think. Um, community also helps with empowerment and resilience. Uh, I'm not one to use resilience a lot because it can be fairly loaded. Uh, we do know there's this stereotype of the strong black woman. Right. And I think sometimes, you know, using the term resilience without really unpacking that, can certainly add to that that trope. And so I use it very sparingly, but I do think that in this particular context, uh, it's important to highlight the fact that communities can foster resilience and empowerment because we can share strategies and experiences and and stories uh, for dealing with challenges that come with aging. Uh, as Black lesbians or as LGBTQ folk, um, and so I, I think this shared resilience can serve to strengthen and the community bonds and, and improve your mental and emotional well-being. Um, communities. One of the things that Zami Nobler really is very intentional about is providing education and awareness and information uh, about the strengths because we really do need to uplift the strengths of aging LGBTQ elders. Um, and I think by sharing the strengths and the knowledge, we can help to challenge these stereotypes and promote greater understanding and acceptance. Uh, so so organizations like Zami Nobla, other organizations that deal with marginalized populations, there's an organization here in Atlanta called Thrive SS that is developing and pushing out programs for Black elder gay men. There's a group called um, Transforming. Uh, Transforming is a group for Black, trans, men, and non-binary folk. They are increasingly partnering with Zami Nobla to develop programs for elders. And there's also Trans Housing Atlanta that's doing the same thing. And so there's some traction in terms of making sure that our LGBTQ elders are seen, they're heard, and they're respected. And they're able to age with dignity.
0: That's amazing. And also, thank you for putting us on to these other organizations, We'll be sure to add links in the video when this comes out. Uh, yes. That reminds me of you know the importance of community, especially in this context, uh, I'm sure, uh, was exacerbated during the pandemic when, of course, we all felt isolated, but more so as an older adult, um, as a Black LGBTQIA person during that time must have been incredibly isolating, which, you know, made that need for community more important. Um, Which brings me to my next question. Uh, The pandemic has put a spotlight on older adult health and long term care experiences as well as on social isolation. We've shared several resources to combat loneliness as we age. How has isolation in the wake of COVID-19 impacted the community? And what is Zami Nobla doing to combat this issue?
1: Thank you for that question. It's really a very important question. And it's something that we don't often talk about, particularly now that many feel like the pandemic uh, is is, is totally gone. Uh, And we do know that there are residuals that a lot of people are still dealing with the impacts of COVID-19. Zambi Nobla uh, is one of the few grassroots LGBTQ organizations that is able to collect our own primary research. And we're able to do that in partnership with Dr. Tonya Poteet, who is a Black queer lesbian. She identifies as both a renowned public health researcher who's at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And prior to that, she was at Johns Hopkins. Um, And I would say probably around maybe March, I reached out to her and we've had a conversation about COVID and the impacts on our community. And, you know, I, I believe, Matt, that, that everyone has a story and that um, it's incumbent upon us to tell our own stories because if we don't, someone else will. Uh, and I said to Tonya that we need to collect data around our experiences during COVID. At that point, people were scrambling for answers. Folks were confused, uh, in the dark, scared, uh, just not knowing what was going to happen. And so as a result of that conversation, we developed a research project called The Pandemic Needs of Older Sexual Minority Women. Uh, From July 2020 through December 2020, we convened 14 focus groups over Zoom Um, And we are able to get the stories of Black lesbian elders from around the country, 100 of them, as a matter of fact, ages 50 through 88. Um, And this provided a platform and an opportunity for these women to really talk about their experiences, their fears, um, just resiliency, strengths, weaknesses, all of that. After we completed that qualitative portion of the research project, we went online with a survey that was open to any lesbian elder over the age of 50, and that it was inclusive of Black, Latinx, Native, White. Um, And after that, we Conducted 20 semi structured interviews with Black lesbians over the age of 50. So we have a pretty sizable sample size. Um, And I am very proud of that work. We're continuing to do the analysis. Uh, We just submitted a paper on caregiving. That's the first thing, because a lot of Black lesbian elders, lesbian elders, writ large were engaged in caregiving during COVID. Mm. Um, there was a lot of mutual aid going on. We were taking care of each other. Uh, we were doing the best that we could. Uh, Certainly knowing that we had loved ones who were in facilities um, and the facilities were trying to keep them safe. But as a result of trying to keep them safe, we know they were isolated. They couldn't really have physical touch or contact with their loved ones. And that included partners of lesbian elders who were in these facilities. So it's very difficult and a very emotional and mentally draining time. Uh, We also... Had a lot of online programming. Uh, we had women who reached out who said to us, "You know, Marianne, you know, we want to laugh. You know, we want to be in community, even if it's virtual. You know, what can Zami Noble do?" So what we did, Matt, was we we got pretty creative and innovative. Uh, we had a uh, we have a, a a comedian, Karen Williams who was the first black out comic in this country who came onto zoom and she presented a comedy show and this was open to any black any lesbian it didn't matter the race or ethnicity so it was a very diverse group of women because While Zami Noble centers Black lesbian elders, most of our program is open to any LGBTQ person over the age of 18, Uh, and particularly for any lesbian elder. And so we have very, very diverse audiences. So Karen made us laugh. Uh, We were in community with each other. We also had an uh, an art and tea. uh, online show. We have members who are artists and they were able to exhibit their work and we were able to drink tea at the same time. Uh, We also had, we have a member who is 78, who is a blues singer Uh, and so Gay came on. We had a New Year's Eve party for everybody uh, where she performed. Um, We also had a a cocktail tasting, one of our members owns a restaurant. Uh, so we were able to do that for folk who do that. Um, and so we also, in addition to that, just had a kitchen table talks on Friday nights where we could just talk about what we were feeling, You know, talked about the uncertainty of COVID, uh, talked about vaccines and what that would look like, uh, talked about our frustration and not being able to hold each other. Um, not being able to date, uh, just all of those concerns. Um, and, and so, because we were able to do that, people felt less isolated. Isolated, They felt less lonely. They felt connected, even if it was virtual, um, to a community of, of, of women who understood what they were going to, through on, on, on so many levels.
0: So not only were you extremely busy during this time, uh community building using that community you know as a a a vessel you know to you know create action but also what i think is under discussed is the sense of togetherness that you're nurturing with zami Nobla, and creating a space uh, that allows people to feel safe in vulnerability i know that we talked about resilience but um i think that that is a major component, being able to be vulnerable around people who understand your lived experience and can listen to you and empathize.
1: Absolutely, and I also want to make sure that I let our audience know that we are very much an organization that believes in giving back. We have a project called the Chris Cousin Advocacy Collective. And it was named after one of our members who passed uh, in 2020 at the age of 95, who was very much an advocate, uh, who was very much an activist. And during uh, from 2020 through the last year, we worked uh, with our local governments trying to uh, increase the census count. Uh, We were all tele- but we were all text banking together during the election cycle, trying to get people to go out and vote. Um, So that's very much a part of who we are, the whole advocacy piece, the whole policy piece. Um, The Williams Institute at UCLA has estimated that there are about 2.7 million LGBTQ elders over the age of 50. And we know that that number uh, is, is increasing. Um, And so it's important to us that we are counted, that we're visible, that we're represented. Uh, And so we're doing everything we can to make sure that uh, as a, that we get out and vote, that we make sure that we do what we can to, to help others do that as well.
0: That's amazing. Thank you. Yes. Um, So we're on the back end of pride month. Um, I think for, people on the outside, pride is very youth-centric and youth-centered from the celebrations, the culture. Um, I wonder, as an elder, what does celebrating pride look like in such a youth-centric culture?
1: I I started Zami Noble in 2011 because I noticed that a lot of Black lesbian elders over 50 were disappearing from the Atlanta scene. Um, This city is very much youth-oriented. I believe, in my experience, that we see more, in terms of visibility, certainly, uh, what people tend to see are younger LGBTQ individuals out and about, although we know that there are many of us who certainly uh, are vibrant, Uh, we are very much active, Uh, we're alive, and we're here. Um, And and so it was important that we really impact social isolation, uh, which brings me to pride as an elder. Uh, and pride as an elder can, celebrating pride as an elder can take on many forms. You know, I tell people all the time that activism does not have to look one particular way. It's not always boots on the ground. It's doing, you know, the things that I just mentioned. Uh, it's making phone calls. It's supporting people financially. It's making sure that people have rides to pride events. Uh, it's telling your story. Uh, it's talking about uh Uh, sharing the story of how we've lived through these different iterations of pride. Um, and it's empowering, I think, for younger members of the community who might be struggling still with their identities and facing oppression. Um, and, you know, pride can, can you can celebrate pride at community gatherings. You can have your own party at your own house. It does not necessarily mean going out to the pride events in the heat. Uh, and in many ways, Matt, they're not accessible for people who might have accessibility issues in terms of mobility, or it may not be accessible for people who have disabilities Disabilities. Uh, and so we need to do a better job in making sure that these pride events across the country are embracing folk of different disabilities. Uh, and that's something that we're continuing to advocate for, both not just elders, but young people are very much aware of these issues and they're fighting for those as well. Because I think it would allow more people to who actually want to go out and experience these events to be able to do that. Um, and you know, the other thing that I think that Uh, It is important for folks to participate in pride events who are elders, uh, who can do that, who want to do that. Join these pride parades, join these festivals. Uh, Visibility is a statement. Uh, You need to see our presence. Um, It's an awesome opportunity to show solidarity and support uh, in the wider community. Um, And lately in Atlanta, ARP is making sure that they have specific spaces for older attendees. Uh, They're able to rent a space that has air conditioning and everybody goes there, not just (laughs) young people. Everybody's clamoring to get into ARP space during Pride. Uh, They have food available. Um, They have um, spaces Uh, Accessibility spaces close to the Pride events where people can park and access during the Pride uh, event where the the parades are taking place. They have shaded uh, spaces for people. And so those are very affirming and empowering and appreciated. And it's a model for other Pride events across the country to really, I think take a page out of AARP's book. I'm not suggesting that AARP is the only organization that is doing this. I'm just saying that it's one model, and it's a model that we certainly appreciate. Um, And I think it's also important for um, people who are not cognizant of older LGBTQ attendees to create space for us um, to seek out older individuals uh, you know, ask us to serve on your panels. Uh, ask us to be in your social events. Uh, ask us to be in your meetups during Pride. Ask us to tell our stories. Have intergenerational storytelling during Pride. Uh, we know that this community has in, evolved significantly over the years, uh, and we still have a lot, long way to go. We still have people who are afraid to be. Uh, seen during pride, who are afraid to be visible and rightfully so. We still have people Matt, who are 60, 70 years old who are continuing to come out of the closet. Right. What are they coming out into? So, we want to have these welcoming spaces. And I was a, a, a grand marshal at a pride parade, and I was reluctant to do that actually, to play that role. And I was asked to do it for a number of years when I finally said yes. I was really happy I did because there were a lot of people standing along the route line. And when they saw me, because there were very few Black pride marshals at that time, when they saw me, they were surprised. I could see this sh- and they were wow. happy. And I was happy that I did that for that reason. So, you know, it's not about the parades and the rainbow flag necessarily, but it's really about acknowledging our struggle for, for, for human rights, um, the journey of self-acceptance and just the joy of being true to ourselves and the importance of community.
0: For sure. And I think you make a great point that pride does not only exist on, in the streets or at the parades and everyone celebrates in different ways, but it's also important that a safe space is created for uh, for all folks at these events, um it's super yes. important for everyone to be visible um, for these events yes. as well. So yes. your passion for this is palpable. It's obvious. It, <laughs> this The next question I feel has already been answered indirectly, but i'll I'll ask it anyway. What do you love most about being a black lesbian elder?
1: What do I love most? The fact that I have survived,
0: Hmm.
1: as my hero, Audrey Lord said, we were never meant to survive in communities liberation. Um, I appreciate the fact that I have a political perspective, a framework that allows me to continue to open myself up to learning to new ideas, to new perspectives, to have a willingness to engage new spaces uh, and new people. I love the fact that I have been able to amass certain skill sets that allow me to pass on what I've learned, that allows me to be able to give back. Because really, Matt, why else are we on this planet but to help one another? I believe that that's the only reason we are here. And so the fact that I am able to be cognitively, relatively impact uh, the fact that I am able to have a platform uh, in the form of Zami Nobla and to be able to uh, create partnerships With other organizations, not just those that are LGBTQ, but also allies to continue this work, to create a legacy, uh, is really important. Uh, Our organization is very archival-minded, and so the fact that we're able to amass materials and documents and stories uh, to preserve those to leave those behind so that people know 100, 200, 300 years from now, we were here, Matt. And not only were we here, but we did our work to the best of our ability. And then when we got sick and tired of being sick and tired, that we mobilized as a community. And we tried to resist um, and to uh, serve as as a voice for those who were not able to be visible and to be out and to do this work in the forefront. And so I'm full of joy to be able to talk to you, uh, a brother who is interested in our story. That's important to me. Um, it's important that we're able to continue to lean on one another and to help one another and to continue to love each other and to, you know, just just spread the word about elders Um, and I challenge you and I challenge those who are younger as well as older, look at your circle, who's in it, particularly when it comes to age. If you don't have anybody in your circle who's older than you, then you might want to go out and just say, hey, can we have some tea? You know, what's your name? I want to get to know you because Marianne Adams challenged me to do that.
0: Absolutely, I think next time I'm in Atlanta, we need to get tea. It's yes, it's, it's settled.
1: Yes, I'm a tea snob. We absolutely do only loose leaf teas, definitely.
0: Okay, cool. Because I, I was, I need sugar. <laughs> Just dump it in.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, no problem with that.
0: Oh, um, so for our viewers who are listening or watching on YouTube. Can you share a little bit on how folks can support the Zami Nobla mission?
1: Absolutely. I'm always happy to talk about Zami Nobla, the National Organization of Black Lesbians on Aging. Um, so, we center Black lesbians over the age of 40 yeah, with advocacy, service, and community engaged research. And there are, certain, there are many ways that you can support the mission of Zami Nobla one, by educating yourself. You know, learn about the issues and the challenges faced by marginalized communities, and particularly those organizations that are supported by Zami Nobla. Uh, You can go to our website, www.zaminobla.org, and find out more about us. And I I think understanding the struggles and experiences of Black lesbian elders and LGBTQ elders uh, particularly can You know, offer support to us. Um, I think it's an essential first step in in supporting our cause. You can spread awareness. You know, you can use your platforms and your voice to raise awareness about the mission and activities of Zambinova. You can share information and stories and resources on social media and websites and blogs and, and other relevant platforms such as this podcast today matt thank you so much again for having us uh, you can volunteer zami Noble is always in need of volunteers we do a lot of programming but really we're like the little engine that could we have very limited capacity we do what we do because we have the skill set to do it and there is such a tremendous need but we're always in need of volunteers, um, and so you can reach out to any organization, not just Zami Nobla, but you know about any volunteering opportunities available, uh, whether it's assisting with fundraising events, programming, or providing professional services. Um, and very importantly, you can donate. Uh, you know, financial contributions can aid Zami Noble in our efforts significantly. Um, there is a program called Give Out Day that is hosted by the Horizon organization that's based in San Francisco. And Give Out Day happens every year online. It's the largest, it's the only online platform for LGBTQ nonprofits in the country. And because this is Pride Month, uh, Give Out Day is happening every day this month. And Give Out Day is really predicated on unique donors. It's not how much money you raise, it's how many donors you can mobilize. Um, and, And they have these leaderboards. Um, And so there are, I think last year, Give Out Day raised about $1.3 million for nonprofit LGBTQ organizations. Um, And so June 28th is the day though, even though you can give out, but the so June 28th, you're gonna see a lot of activity on social media, on on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, uh, People are gonna be raising money and you start at $10. So folks can really help these organizations and certainly Zami Noble get to the top of the leaderboard. Um, And the other thing that uh, people can do is that they can certainly, you know, support our advocacy campaigns, Um, you know, help us to, um, you know, get the vote out. Um, Starting next month, uh, Matt, Zami Noble is partnering with an organization called uh, Necessary Trouble. And we are going to be going to senior facilities uh, in metro Atlanta in the different counties. We're going to be going to four counties, uh, Cobb, Fulton, DeKalb, and Gwinnett. No, no, we're not going. We're going to three counties, DeKalb, Fulton, and Gwinnett. We're going to be going to senior facilities and educating elders there about the changes in the voting laws. Uh, mm. We're going to be educating them about who's running for public service commission. Uh, certainly this is nonpartisan because we're you know, 501 C3 nonprofits. We're gonna be providing education and information. We're gonna take food. We're gonna have games. We're gonna have a short PowerPoint presentation. Uh, that's our work to do. Uh, and we take it very seriously and we're going to do it. We need volunteers for that work. Uh, So that's one way you can help us with these campaigns uh, because we're gonna always be doing advocacy work. We're gonna always be writing letters to our elected officials. We're gonna always be calling them. Uh, So please, 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 we need you to help us with that. You can attend our events. Uh, We just had a brunch and learn at the National Center for Civil and Human Rights in partnership with the PRIDE study at Stanford University and the LGBTQ Institute at the National Center Uh, We talked about our community-engaged research. We're always needing LGBTQ folks to participate in our research projects. We need to be counted. Our research is by us, with us, and about us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we need to be at the table. We need to be part of these research projects, these research programs, because they're going to happen without us. And so that's important that you participate. Uh, We need collaboration. Uh, if you have expertise, uh, if you have resources, con- you know, really consider collaborating with Zami Nobla on our projects or initiatives, uh, because by pooling our resources and our collective knowledge, you know, we can really work toward promoting equity and, and advancing the rights of marginalized communities. You can advocate for change. You can raise your voice as, a, an, as a, an advocate for policy changes, legislation, social reforms that really you know, align with our goals and our mission. Um, and again, you can support our partner organizations. Zami Noble is a member of MALTA, the Metro Atlanta Lesbian and Trans Housing Alliance. I mentioned earlier, we have two other partners, Transforming and Trans Housing Alliance. Uh, We're trying to leverage our resources to provide more housing for LGBTQ elders, uh, gardening community, gardening projects. Uh, So there's always a lot of work to do. So you may uh, be regretting that you asked me that question, Matt, but uh, (laughs) I can certainly talk about that all day.
0: Oh, no, for sure. I was taking mental notes the entire time. I would absolutely love to signal boost anything that you're doing. Zamiobla. Uh, was it give out day that you did that you mentioned? Yes. Yes. On June 28th? Yes. All right. We'll keep our eye out for that. And yes. No, we'll be the first yes. <laughs> to be retweeting, resharing all of it.
1: Yes, please. Definitely give out day is uh, it's happening out in the entire month, but you're gonna see a flurry of activities on June 28th. It's nice. from it ends at 1159 so starting that morning all through the day until 1159.
0: Okay, for sure. M. yes. Uh, we could talk for hours probably, <laughs> but due to time, time limits, um, I'll just stick to our last question, which is what we ask all of our guests on This Is Growing Old. When you were a kid, what did you imagine growing older would be like? You know,
1: I never thought about growing old as a kid. I lived in a town called Freemanstown. It was a black enclave. Um, and elders were very much revered and respected. And so I was a kid who was a bookworm, and I was pretty much fixated on place and geography, place in that I was trying to get out of Mississippi and trying to, you know, fantasize about where I could go. And so that's that was really. I think what I thought about when I did think about age, my experiences in terms of aging were pretty binary. I saw my grandmother would take me to elders who were sick and shut in and we would take them food. And I remember the homes being really dark and there was a sense of dread in terms of going in and fear. There was not joy and and happiness and, and all of that. Um, and on the other hand, in terms of the binary, there were elders that we were afraid of who had these reputations for being mean and, you know, you couldn't knock on their door. So there was no middle right. you know, road for me. I didn't see uh, these images, uh, these representations of, of elders who were uh, affirming and empowering and, and, and loving. I didn't see that. Um, and that's really unfortunate that I did not. Uh, but I, I, I really didn't. Um, so I never even imagined growing older, quite frankly. Um, I could certainly answer that question now. You know, at 68, how, what do I imagine growing older, older, older like? I think I'm going to live to be probably 100, Matt, because my grandmother lived to be 10 days before 100th birthday. Wow. And my, her sister lived to be 90. I have a lot of longevity in my family, pretty much. So I, I think I'll be at least 100, maybe 125, you know. I think.
0: And I don't imagine you slowing down anytime soon either. So <laughs> this will be an active actually, an active new chapter.
1: <laughs> actually, I want to slow down. I want to lie on my couch and, and look at documentaries and read fiction, and eat chocolate, and drink tea. Don't we all? Yes, <laughs> no matter the age, we really do.
0: <laughs> well, I'm so happy that organizations like Zami Noba are uh, changing the stigma around what it looks like to grow older and what healthy aging uh, can be. You know, um, thank you so much for joining me, Marianne, for this conversation. I'm absolutely going to uh, take you up on that tea offer next time I'm in Atlanta. For everyone listening, uh, thank you for tuning into This is Growing Old Again. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about Zami Nobla, be sure to visit them at zaminobla.org. That is Z-A-M-I-N-O-B-L-A.org. Um, have a wonderful day and happy Pride.